0: music for any time that Katie Wu joins the show because with Jeremy Rutherford and Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie JR every week now Katie joins us on Monday typically Monday morning today at 1230 And our questions are all about, hey, can you make us feel better about blank? (laughs) And today is no different. Unfortunately, Katie joins us now via the Brown and Celebrity Line. Of course, you can find her work over at The Athletic and follow her on Twitter. She is at Katie J. Woo. Katie, we've got injuries. We've got COVID vaccinations that we got to talk about. We got underperforming on the road against the uh, Cincinnati Reds. How are you doing today?
1: First of all uh, g- hello, good afternoon. I keep thinking it's good morning. Uh, and Jr. So nice to, to hear from you. Yeah, you I, I think we can dub this the athletic takeover, even if it's only for ten to fifteen minutes. Um, but you know, guys, just another normal weekend of Cardinals baseball, perhaps.
0: Unfortunately, it's feeling normal. Um, Katie, let's start here. I think the biggest actual news in terms of what's going to impact the Cardinals, not just for two games. But for the rest of the second half is the Steven Matz injury from Saturday. He has a torn left MCL. You reported that over at The Athletic. How does Steven Matz's injury in your mind impact the Cardinals rotation for the immediate future and also their plans as we are now roughly a week away from the trade deadline?
1: Yeah, you know, the Steven Matz news is absolutely brutal. There is no way to... Figure around that or, or act like it's not an egregious issue that, that's come up. The Cardinals starting pitching was plagued even before they knew they were going to be without Jack Flaherty for two more months, obviously before they knew that Stephen Matz was going to be injured again. Matz figured to be their number three guy in that rotation, their plug right after Adam Wainwright and Miles Michaelis, and the Cardinals expected him to be pretty dominant, pretty efficient. In essence, they expected him to be exactly what he was for five innings on Saturday against the Reds. He was a huge critical piece in that rotation. Now, of course, we don't know if Steven Matz is going to be out for the rest of the season. Surgery is an option. He's back in St. Louis visiting with team doctors today. The Cardinals don't expect to have an update on Matz until tomorrow at the earliest. But Ollie Marmel did say to reporters in Cincinnati and and later in a brief phone call with me, it's going to be several weeks before Matz comes back. So if you're looking at the calendar, several weeks takes you until right about the end of September. And for a starting pitching staff that currently has two and a half starters, Right now. And that's not to discredit Andre Palante, but let's keep in mind that he is approaching his career high in innings in, we're not even in August yet. That's a concern as well. It's a huge, huge factor. I'm not quite sure how the Cardinals are going to overcome not having both Stephen Matz and Jack Flaherty, who isn't able to come back until early or late August at the earliest without exploring the starting pitching trade deadline and heavily exploring the trading market at that deadline.
0: So, Kate, what do you think this does in terms of how it changes their plans, if it does at all, uh, to acquire pitching before the deadline? We had this conversation earlier with Tanner and, and BK, and BK said you know, maybe they don't go for that uh, high-end guy. Maybe it's a fourth or fifth. Let's just get a guy uh, that we can get by with. How do you think that impacts the plans?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think the Cardinals, instead of targeting that one maybe – not ace caliber pitcher, but top tier of rotation, they're looking for a place to find innings. So maybe they do look first a group of arms, two at least, that can maybe bridge the rotation together. I don't think it's as where they're looking to do something like John Lester and Jay Happ where that was more of a, okay, we just need something to get by. And the Cardinals need substantial innings and they need a substantial amount of arms. You can only count on Wainwright and Michaelis for so long. Dakota Hudson should be coming back by – you know, midweek, that's the plan. The Cardinals can get away with a four-man rotation thanks to a favorable uh, schedule up until the Yankees at Bush Stadium in a couple weeks. But I don't think that, you know, that's not a sustainable solution. Uh, nothing the Cardinals have been doing regarding to their starting pitching over the last month or so has been a sustainable solution. So I do think if you're John Mosellock and you're the Cardinals front office and you're looking at how to improve the most glaring, obvious need of this team, it's not, it's no longer about acquiring one... <laughs> Higher caliber, higher caliber arm, but about finding multiple arms that can give you innings and durability and that you can rely on and figure out the rest from there.
0: Would you say maybe like a Patrick Corbin and a Steve Ciszek kind of an answer to their problems?
1: That was a, a, B, a B segue. I'd give that an overall B-grade segue to <laughs> your, your photo question. Um, you know what? That's funny because I actually do have a story about the Cardinals and their chances for to land Juan Soto coming out today with the for the Athletic. Ooh. Look, is Patrick Corbin going to fix a rotation? No, of course not. He's one of been one of the worst performing pitchers in the National League and in baseball for a reason. However, when you look at what Patrick Corbin brings, he's a left handed sinker baller. Does that sound familiar? Gets balls on the ground. Mm. Benefits from weak contact and a good defense behind him. Does that sound familiar? Um, And he also hasn't missed a start this year. No, he's not averaging very deep into starts. You know, I don't think he's averaging more than six innings per start. But he has made every single start, all 20 starts this season for the Nationals.
0: So, Katie, I think the natural follow-up is, has your opinion at all changed? on the Cardinals and their willingness slash ability to get Juan Soto over the last week?
1: I would be completely surprised, shocked even if the Cardinals trade for Juan Soto simply because their need for starting pitching is so great. And this is a lot of what this story goes into is I think rival front execs and industry sources have listed the Cardinals as a number one landing source for Juan Soto simply going off the depth of the farm system, which is understandable. The Cardinals have one of the deepest farm systems and the most promising group of uh, team-controlled young players in baseball. I think only the Dodgers and and maybe the the Guardians, I think I've said this before, can rival that, possibly the Padres. But I don't think that we're looking at the overall picture of what it would take to land a player like Soto. Where is the money coming from? Again, how is that going to alleviate their obvious need for starting pitching? Will a front office that has been so meticulous in crafting a formulated year-by-year plan when it comes to player projection and what the team is going to look like, be willing to essentially blow that all up in a matter of three weeks and get rid of several key core pieces that the team plans on being contributing factors for years to come to land Juan Soto, especially if it doesn't really help them solve their huge need for starting pitching? That's where I really can't see this happening unless there's a way to and this is still, would be still so shocking to me, to put Patrick Corbin in that deal I think that's the only way the Cardinals even entertain it, but I do think when you're approaching the trade deadline, yes, of course when you have a player like Juan Soto suddenly available, that doesn't happen it happens rarely, if ever, in baseball you want to naturally check in I just can't look at this Cardinals rotation and, and think that things are going to be fine. What season having Juan Soto, if you only have two starters in your rotation.
0: Yeah. All good points there. Hey, we know that this uh, Goldie Arenado thing is not a big deal. Cause Ali was going to uh, sit these guys and, and rest them the next two <laughs> games. Anyway, both of right. them. Right. So, so no big deal there, right?
1: Yeah, no, no big deal. I mean, they were going to have four off days anyway. So, you know, it's, you know what? It is a big deal. And I understand the, the backlash, I also understand that people are tired of hearing about it. So when you're looking at the, the decisions that were made, I, you know, Goldschmidt and not. I wasn't in Cincinnati, so I was able to connect with them and talk to them over the phone. They expanded their, their choices. They said what they said. I do think the, uh, what the Cardinals now have to worry about is how are they going to get through two games without, inarguably, their two best players in a division race and a wild card race where these two games will matter immensely. I mean, we saw what the wild card standings look like going into last season. And this is a team, Arnado included, that has publicly said, tired of winning the wildcard. They want to win the division. Well, coming into Tuesday's game, they're going to be two and a half games behind the Brewers in the division. Every game matters when you're playing 162. So these two games in Toronto are imperative for the Cardinals. And I think it puts a lot of pressure on the players that are in Toronto to perform and step up. It is no easy feat, of course to match the absence of Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arnato
0: It also means you're probably going to learn nothing between now and the trade deadline about what your team is because you're going into Toronto, you got two games there without your two best players, and then you've got three games at the end of the week in Washington against arguably the worst team in all of baseball right now. So that's good. Uh, Katie, I did want to follow up on that. What do you think this does for clubhouse chemistry? And I'm not saying it's a big deal. I want to make that out on the front end because sometimes people hear that I'm asking the question. They're assuming that I'm like freaking out about this. I'm not, but I do want to ask you because you've been in that clubhouse. You've talked with these guys regularly, maybe not about this specifically, but you kind of know what the chemistry is like in that clubhouse. What do you think this is like right now? As they know, Goldie and Arenado, two of their best players, two of their biggest leaders, are not going to be available because of a decision that they themselves willingly made?
1: Yeah, I think that is a a glaring question that fans have rightfully wanted to know. I wasn't in the clubhouse for Cincinnati, so I can't speak to how it was there. But I can say this is something that the team has been aware of for months now. I mean, the Cardinals have known they were going to play Toronto since last season. It was confirmed after the lockout when the season or the schedule wasn't really changed all that much. So this is a conversation that has, happened multiple times in this clubhouse I will say that from Goldschmidt and Arnada's perspective they're hopeful they're optimistic that their leadership skills their competitiveness their overall drive and willingness to support their teammates they hope carries a little bit more weight president of baseball operations John Mosellock said that as well in his zoom call with the media yesterday was hopeful that this would not be the very first fracture was the word that he used in a very positive clubhouse. The clubhouse camaraderie with the Cardinals is pretty strong. It's pretty solid. There is a lot of leadership there, not just with Goldschmidt Arnato, but with Wainwright, with Pujols, of course, and even with the, some of the younger guys that have regularly showed up, like Tommy Edmund, perhaps. I still think, you know, I think the Cardinals are full of teams with, or full of players with that lead, just naturally by example. I think they'll face a little bit of more considerable pressure to step up. I don't necessarily think it was as shocking in the clubhouse as it was to fans, simply because this clubhouse and organization has known for a while that they are going to be without two of their best players in Toronto. And if there's one thing that you can say about Goldschmidt and Arnott, whether or not you agree with their choice, they certainly are free to make their choices. They are not immune from the consequences and the backlash that will follow. But one thing that you can say is their ability to listen and have conversations is one of the reasons why they're so respected in that clubhouse. I'm assuming that has gone a long way in in talking over what just simply was a very complicated decision and and conversation to have.
0: Katie, final question. We're talking to Katie Wu of The Athletic. You can find her work there. She'll have a piece on the Juan Soto sweepstakes later on today, also on Twitter, at Katie J. Wu. Uh, The big news for Harrison Bader over the weekend was unfortunate. He had a setback. He is going to get a second opinion on his plantar fasciitis. Do you have any further updates on that? And even if not, what do you think the Harrison Bader situation, if he is out for a while, what does that mean for the Cardinals in the big picture? Because as much as I know people who get frustrated with his offense, he's so important to what they do defensively. And the energy that he brings to the team is contagious. And everybody on that team will tell you that.
1: Oh, yes, completely agree. I, I mean, we'll, we'll start. I don't really have a. a... True update on Harrison Bader's status, separate from what Mo said yesterday. Plantar fasciitis is such a tricky injury. Disappointing the Cardinals and Harrison were hopeful he would be joining the team in Toronto. That's not going to be the case. It's looking like he might be out a little bit longer than expected, but it is such a finicky injury. It's really hard to pinpoint when he could be ready and what each setback means. But I think you nailed it when you said the, the chemistry and the, the energy that Harrison Bader brings to this club. He's a catalyst for uh, the clubhouse and camaraderie and overall inner workings of the team. His defense speaks for itself. I know the offense isn't as consistent as fans and, and Harrison himself would like. But when Harrison gets on base, his speed, he's electric, he's smart, he's passionate. Those are all things that his plantar fasciitis is obviously affecting. So it's important that he's healthy when he returns because speed is such a big part of his game. But I think the Cardinals are in a little bit of a spot without Harrison. I mean, BK, I think you were the one that pulled up a really telling stat of the Cardinals' record with Harrison Bader in the starting lineup and the Cardinals' record without. Um, It's pretty telling. Cardinals are a better overall team with Harrison Bader in that lineup. Now, of course, it looks like Dylan Carlson is building admirably in center. But when you look at the Cardinals' outfield, what makes the Cardinals so good defensively, so overall stellar, is that defensive outfield and Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader and Dylan Carlson Cardinals simply put it are a better team with Harrison Bader and I think that's why you're seeing such I don't want to say pressing I don't think anyone's pressing for Harrison to come back they certainly want him to be healthy but there is a a hunger there there is a a very intense need and want for Harrison to come back as soon as possible
0: we have a motto on this show take the credit, pass the blame, so I'll take the credit for that stat, but I think it was Randy Character that came up with that, so I will give Randy say the that credit I was this time you. around. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today. Uh, I'm sure that there will be no more news this week for the Cardinals, so I'm sure the next week, maybe eight days, for example, uh, will be nothing but smooth sailing for you on the Cardinals beat.
1: Oh, yes. My favorite week of the season, boys. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk soon. Peloton, let's go. This holiday...